Hello, this is Impact Ed, and I'm H.D. Chambers with A-Leaf ISD. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a topic that um, I know I say every topic that we talk about is critical <laughs> to education, but uh, in all seriousness, this this particular topic uh, is uh, the most, in my opinion, the most serious, uh, and we are at the most risk at this point in education across the country, not just in my district, not just in the state of Texas, but across the country. And uh, we're most at risk of, of losing control of if we haven't already done so. And, and that topic is uh, where are we going to get, where are we going to find quality, effective teachers for our classrooms for the next 15 to 20 years? And the short answer, people would say, well, you're going to get it from higher ed. You're going to get it from colleges. And, and that's true to, to, to a certain extent. And if you know about where uh, other programs for, for teacher prep, you would say, well, you're going to get them from these other alternative programs, and that, that's true as well. But it doesn't answer the question of, uh, uh, of the quality question, the effective question of how effective are, the, are these individuals in the classroom. So uh, that's our topic today is, is dealing with not only the teachers trying to get people to get into the profession, but how do we retain them once we get them in here? And then once we retain them, how do we grow them? How do we make them the best? The best, you know, they're 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 brain surgeons. They're working on little boys, little girls' brains, uh, along with their social and emotional. So, uh, how do we find people to do such critical work, and how do we keep them and grow them? So, I am joined by two ladies today that are that are uh, have devoted their professional life right now to this issue. Uh, Miss Maya Weatherton with a company with a group called Relay, and I'll let her explain who Relay is. Uh, they're a partner of Aleaf ISDs in terms of teacher prep. And then uh, we have Miss uh, Courtney Isaac with Good Reason Houston, and I'll, uh, Courtney knows that we've had uh, Scott McClellan on before, who was the former, I guess, uh, board of director chair for Good Reason Houston. I'll let you talk a little bit about that, but in the in the in the role that you have. So thank you, ladies, for joining joining me today. Thank you for having us. So Maya, I'll start with you if you don't mind introducing yourself and and a little bit of your your background, and and then uh, we'll do the same with Courtney. Then we'll just kind of get into the to the discussion. Okay. Great. Great. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So I am a 20-year educator. I majored in education, have always wanted to teach, made bulletin boards as a five, six-year-old little girl. (laughs) And my um, mother allowed me to do that. My mother is a retired teacher. And so um, for me, working for Relay Houston, one of our primary stakes in the ground is teacher recruitment. And to that end, we have a teacher residency program that we run, we believe that our profession is equal to that of the medical profession or any other profession that requires systematic approach to your growth and development. And so we do that through our two-year teacher residency. In addition to that, we offer an accelerated Master's of Arts in Teaching, which is a one-year master's degree program for veteran teachers. And we really want to push their pedagogy and the practices they are using in the classroom and make sure that students have access to highly effective teachers every single day. And so, again, our two primary programs are our two-year teacher residency program where teachers follow an on-ramp into the profession. In year one, you serve as a resident alongside a master teacher, and you are given gradual tasks that lead to your ability to ultimately become a lead teacher in the second year of the residency. And then the AMAP program, again, is for veteran teachers just to expand their knowledge. Well, thank you, and I appreciate not only you being here today, but the, the relationship that we're forging with you and, and Relay as a, as a school district, because it's been, I'll tell you, it's been very 
very successful in a yes. short period of time. Yes, very successful. <laughs> we started off with two residents, and this year we'll have 15 residents here in A-Leaf. We're super excited about that, super excited about the partnership. We've seen growth in the residents here at um, A-Leaf, but beyond that in the students that they are working with each and every day, and that's what we're most excited about. Thank you. Courtney, a little bit about yourself and Good Reason Houston's role in, in the teaching profession. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, let me just say thank you so much for um, having us on the podcast today. And it's just an honor to have this conversation with you all. So uh, as you said, my name is Courtney Isaac, and I work for Good Reason Houston. And Good Reason Houston is on a mission to increase the number of students learning in high-performing schools. And the way that we do that is really partnering hand-in-hand with school districts to support them on the request to supporting um, uh, incredible learning outcomes for students and um, professional outcomes for teachers as well. And so one of the critical ways that Good Reason Houston has partnered with A-Leaf ISD this year is really in think- is thinking through that teacher recruitment and teacher development. And that's why we're so lucky to have the leadership of your human resources team and also the innovative and creative solutions that um, Relay is deploying um, in Harris County as well. So really looking forward to that conversation. Um, a little bit more about me. So I uh, started out as a teacher up in North Texas and and spent the last decade really thinking about teacher support and development. So anywhere from coaching um, to designing uh, teacher training um, with Teach for America. And I actually we launched our regional institute, so uh, the preparation program up in North Texas, uh, in partnership with local universities there and other preparation programs. So that led me to uh, Houston this past summer. And we've been spending the last year really thinking about this critical uh, issue that you framed. How do we make sure that we are recruiting um, game changers to our classrooms and continuously developing them so they can push transformational outcomes for students? So the, the task is, it's easy to say and talk about, but it's hard to put into words the monumental importance of it. Mm-hmm. The task being multiple layers recruiting someone to consider going into the profession, right? And even beyond that, recruiting the right someone, recruiting people that have not only the, I don't know, the academic acumen, but also the the relationship building, the Mm -hmm. desire to work with little children or Mm -hmm. older children, (laughs) in some cases of all walks of life, Mm -hmm. different different walks of life than the adult. I'm curious, Maya, with Relay, have y'all gotten to the point where you've identified the types of skills or the characteristics of the type of recruiting a college student, for example, or a high school student? What, what do those characteristics look like for you guys? That is something we spent a lot of time talking about and looking for. What we found is that beyond um, their academic ability, we really look for people who have the passion, the fortitude, and the tenacity that it takes to do this work day in and day out. As a former teacher, a former principal, I know what it is like to have a day where you're like, is this my life's work? <laughs> like, is this what I yeah. really am going to do? And so we really try to look for that and identify it on the front end. Just like with any job with our residency program and with AMAT, they are interviewing. And so people, of course, are putting their best foot forward for the interview. But we always ask, what is it about your background? What story do you have that mirrors the students that you're going to be impacting? 
What gives them that internal intrinsic motivation to really do this work? And those are the things that we found to be most important, particularly for relay students, because we are IHE. So you are working on a master's degree while you are doing your Mm -hmm. residency or as you um, participate in the AMAP program. And so you really have to have that internal motivation to do this work and do it really well. And what we found is that people who have some identity markers with our students and identity markers that push beyond race, that push beyond ethnicity, are the candidates that really are viable candidates. And the other thing that we've tried to do is go beyond traditional teacher prep programs. And so while we do recruit candidates straight from UT, straight from A&M and um, undergraduate programs around the nation, we look for people that are viable candidates that don't recognize that in themselves. Mm -hmm. Like you may have been a math major, an engineering major, and didn't necessarily see teaching as a viable option for you. And we really want to provide them with opportunities to see that this is really a profession that they can make an impact in. Because most um, residents that we work with and AMAT students all want that. They want to make an impact and feel like they're doing something, but haven't figured out how to mirror that with the work that we do as educators. And so we try um, many programs, including a summer experience where they have an opportunity to be a summer school teacher as an undergraduate student. So you are having your first touch with working with students day in and day out with the lesson planning, with speaking with parents, with holding students Mm -hmm. accountable for their learning outcomes. But more than that, holding yourself accountable for learning outcomes of students. And so we found that that is what really matters most. So beyond their GPAs, which are definitely important because, again, we are an IEG, so we are looking at um, undergraduate GPAs for our candidates. But beyond that, what are the person skills that you have? Like, how do you build relationships? Do you believe that that's important? And why and how does that look in the classroom? What does it mean to be a warm, demanding teacher? Those are the things that we're looking for in our candidates. Yeah, that's a people business. Yes. (laughs) If you don't like people, then don't, don't, or if you don't think you like them, don't, don't get into education. Yes. You mentioned IHE, and just for people listening, that's an institution of higher education. So Relay is considered yes. an institution of higher education, a mm-hmm. college. Yes. And so accredited and yes. with all the same types of rights and things of that nature that a, a university comes with. Courtney, I want to talk a little bit about Good Reason Houston's support, not necessarily just of Relay, but just this notion of – and if you don't mind, I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot because I didn't prepare <laughs> you for this. But the reason we're having this conversation is because a tremendous shortage of teachers – there's a shortage. I mean, there's people keep saying there's a train wreck coming. No, the mm-hmm. the train has wrecked, <laughs> and we're trying to figure out, you know, how do, how do we put it back respond. together? How do yeah. we respond? How do we put it back together? Good reason is a regional approach to that. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what you guys are doing in support of Relay and other types of initiatives? Absolutely. And and no doubt, as, as all of us listening know, we are in a teacher crisis here in Houston and here in the nation. Um, and I'd, I'd encourage listeners, if you haven't listened to the Impact Ed com, uh podcast conversation on the teacher shortage. Definitely go go back and give that a listen. Um, but just some quick stats to refresh our memories here. Houston needs 5,000 new teachers every single year. Um, and that number has been steadily increasing right. over the last five years. So we are in we are in trouble. And all of us sitting around the room today and listening are, are aware of that fact. Um, and so good reason Houston, like I said earlier, 
we do partner specifically with school districts to think about, okay, what is your particular strategy? And I'm looking forward to talking about A-Leafs in more detail because I think you guys have done some really creative and innovative and smart things in thinking around that. Um, and so how can really we, re- we boost uh, efforts that are already on the ground and do some matching with talent partners who bring um, high-quality supports? Um, so one of the things that attracted us to Relay was this heavy clinical experience. Teaching is hard stuff. Teaching is creative. It is complex. You are working with anywhere from 20 to 200 students every single day, and you are driving them towards a specific goal that will set them on a different life and academic trajectory. Not, and so, not much pressure, right? Yeah, no, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, I, no, I have friends who are prepping for a for a presentation that might happen, you know, uh, once a month, right? Or a big meeting. Well, teachers have a big every presentation day, every, every single, single day, day that they have to nail yep. with the most important constituents mm-hmm. in the world, right? And so what Relay does that's great is they get a lot of practice. Um, And it's not fake practice. It's practice with students and with mentors that help support them and coach them and say, hey, this is what's working. This is what's working. This is what's not working. And so bottom line, when we're looking at um, doing matching with school district strategy to talent partners, a thing that's top on my mind is are we giving meaningful job embedded experience? Um, that's what great professions do. That's what they do in the medical profession. Mm-hmm. That's what they do in the law profession. Teaching um, the nation's most uh, important profession needs that as well. So that's what we're going to be looking for for matching. Um, briefly, I want to talk about one of the other initiatives we're working on as well at Good Reason Houston, and that's called teachforhouston.org. Mm-hmm. TeachForHouston.org is a uh, it's a website, but it's so much more than a website. And so future teachers can go here to really think about what is it like to be a teacher um, and what types of programs are going to give me the type of experience that's going to enable me to be successful in my future career. And beyond just getting that information, they also have access to one-on-one coaches and teachers who can help answer questions about what the profession is like, but can also walk them step-by-step through what the application process looks like, because it is complex, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as it should be. Um, teaching is a, is, a, is a challenging, complex profession. Um, but it's, it's so much more than just a website. It's also a PSA campaign. So one of the things when we when we talk about teacher recruitment that we need to be thinking about is how do we elevate the profession? And um, one of the ways that we do that is thinking about the image of teaching and the stories that we are telling. Are we telling it as a mundane thing where you just go in and out of schools every day and do a routine? Or are we saying teachers every day are breaking down really complex problems into discrete discrete parts? Are they taking some of the biggest challenges and strategically thinking about how to solve them every single day, every week, every month, and every year at a time? And it's it's that latter story and mm-hmm. um, is the one that we want to be be putting out there. I also think with Relay, one of the ways that we're elevating and raising that profession is, you know, you get your master's degree in doing that. So, yes, you're getting, um, you know, this world-class, best-in-class training, but you're also getting a degree that really shows um, uh, the value and the skill that you bring. So I think that's a cool aspect of, of Relay as well. The ele- elevation of the profession, I think, is the 
is at the center of a lot of these conversations, mm -hmm. right? While money is is important, people aren't going to do it for free. <laughs> but I think it's fair to say that most people that go into this profession understand that going in, mm -hmm. that they're looking for some other right. other mm -hmm. extrinsic and intrinsic mm -hmm. value mm -hmm. points that they get. Mm -hmm. Courtney, your analogy of the medical profession to the teaching profession, I think, is dead on. Mm -hmm. At some point, we'll change. We should change the name of the profession from teaching to, to brain surgery. Because mm -hmm. yeah. you know, when you think of a brain surgeon, there's nothing more complex, complicated than the brain. Mm -hmm. But think about what a teacher is doing every day in front of 20, 25 mm -hmm. little brains every day. And what's on the line there, right? Yeah, you what know? happens if you don't get it right? We're talking about it's a great education is really a life or death issue, mm -hmm. especially for our kids in the urban core of Houston. Yes. And one of the things that we share with our teacher residents as it relates to brain surgery, <laughs> interestingly enough, <laughs> Superintendent Chambers, is that with brain surgery, the surgeon has seen a similar case. Like the surgeon has seen a similar case, is able to immediately diagnose and say, oh, this is where I'm going to make the cut. This is what's going to happen. Every single day, our students are bringing something different. Mm -hmm. So to some degree, this is more intense than brain <laughs> surgery when you think about it. I tell um, teacher residents um, that I had brain surgery in 2013. <laughs> right. And I felt confident with my surgeon because immediately when he saw my MRI results, he was like, this is a Chiari malformation. This is what this means. This is how long the surgery will take. When our teachers meet a student, you've seen something similar, but no two students are alike. Mm -hmm. And it is extremely hard work that you must be passionate about. <laughs> like you have to believe in yourself, have self-efficacy to be able to do this work again every single day, to be highly effective and know that what you do is going to determine what that student not ultimately does, but ultimately becomes. And I think that that's what makes us even more important than brain surgeons. <laughs> and the, uh, the beauty of painting that picture of teaching being a complex a science and an art, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, at the same time. One of the things I like about Relay is the whole the whole use of the terms like residency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But more than that, it's the actual application of putting an individual yes. in that situation. Talk a little bit about the residency yes. and how that differs from per perhaps what I went through through a traditional college prep program <laughs> and perhaps And yourself. perhaps what I went through as well. So we use a learn, practice, perform approach. And so we are different from a traditional um, graduate school for education in that way where it's just theory. You write a paper with your reflection of the theory and then you turn it in, you get a grade and get it back. With our students, they do the theory portion of our coursework online. When they come to us for in-person classes, those classes are dedicated to practice. We firmly believe that students are not guinea pigs. The first shot that you take as a, at a student is not going to be a practice. You're going to practice that with us, get immediate feedback, have an opportunity to practice it again, and execute well before you go live in mm -hmm. front of students. And so we are thoughtful and systematic to um, that approach with everything as it relates to the classroom. So they have at-bats with lesson planning. They have at-bats with standing and delivery for checking for understanding. How do you check for understanding and respond to a student's misunderstanding in real time? How do you address a misconception when it manifests in your classroom? Those are things that they are doing in their graduate school courses, live with their professors before you are in that classroom and that misconception manifests itself. 
and you're unprepared to respond mm-hmm. to it. And then you get and frustrated, right? You get frustrated. Yeah. And that's what really sets us apart, that you are already equipped with those back pocket strategies as part of your residency year prior to going into the classroom. And again, we are targeting every single thing that we know <laughs> that teachers face. Having been former teachers, um, all of our professors have been um, former teachers and come from a myriad of backgrounds. So some of our professors were Teach for America and bring that experience to the work. Some of us were undergrad education majors and bring that experience to the work. And so we cover classroom management. Again, we cover lesson plan. We cover how do you um, reach out to parents? How do you form relationships with parents that are based on a mutual respect and understanding and desire for that student to be successful and really pushing, again, beyond identity markers that may seem to separate us? And how do you really leverage those so that parents understand that we are all working together for the greater good of the students that we serve? I think the other unique thing about Relay is our student growth and achievement. We are the only graduate school of education that requires our graduate students to produce a certain amount of student growth to earn their master's degree. And so just as an example, for primary school teachers that teach reading, students have to have at least a year's worth of reading growth to actually earn their master's degree. And they are checking that over the course of their lead teacher year using a tracking system that was already developed by Relay. Teachers have checkpoints along the way. You are not able to opt students out that may be considered exceptional learners, whether that falls under the umbrella of special education or ELL, you are accountable for every single student that you serve. And so we are tracking that and being certain that the master's degrees that we are handing out are really going to people that are producing results and adding value to the students that they are serving. And that, and the same thing goes with the resident program for our teacher, for yes. your teacher prep program. Yes. I think most people don't realize, if you're not in the field, how little time a prospective college graduate yes. going into teaching spends in the classroom yes. practicing the craft. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, right. that this notion of a physician spending two, three years as a resident, as a resident. <laughs> before they ever get to actually begin seeing their own patients on Absolutely. their own. It has blown my mind and my, and my career. It has taken us It's taken this education long. this long to figure <laughs> that out. I mean, so good reasons been working with A-Leaf. And we're a district that's, that's highly mobile. We're a district that's highly diverse, uh, brings challenges, uh, brings great things, but also brings challenges. What, what are you guys doing with us that you've seen that, you, that, that gives you guys some optimism to continue moving in not just in A-Leaf's direction, but moving in the direction of preparing teachers for uh, to, to stay in the profession and to recruit them into the profession? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think first and foremost, it starts with the talent that you already have within your school district. Um, and starting with, with you, Superintendent Chambers, and your leadership on thinking about um, teacher recruitment and development with the incredible team in the Human Resources Department and how they are looking at this from multiple different angles. I've personally been encouraged by openness to innovation um, and thinking about things in a different way. So we've we've been talking about this residency model. Um, and for those that aren't as familiar, it's no doubt this is the most important direction that teacher preparation and 
training is going into these job-embedded residency-type models. But they are tough. You have to think around how this works within our budget, how this works within staffing structures. How, what, how are we going to um, make this make this work? And Aleaf has done an incredible job. The fact that you are going from two residents to fifteen, and they're focused in the pre in the in the pre K space, right? And so there's a strategy around here. We are elevating outcomes for students, and we are developing a core of really strong, really high-quality pre-K teachers. A relay. Huh? It's a relay of highly relay. effective teachers. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thanks for that. Um, and so really excited to just be supporting the work there. And we're looking to see, you know, how, how can this grow and change? And after this first year, but when this is successful, how can we think about the strategy for other high needs areas? Um, how is Relay potentially playing a role in those math and science high school positions? I know that's an area that they've been really impactful in as well. And so I'm looking forward to getting a, a proof point this year, or a second proof point. You've already had one with your two teachers, but a second proof point and then thinking strategically again, which is a thing that Aleaf ISD does great about what's our next step, what's our next frontier, and how can we problem solve together to make this sustainable over the years. Beyond that, I think Aleaf has done a great job in thinking about homegrown talent. So what's really impressed me is how huge your TAFI program is here and how many students are interested in teaching. And even by the time that they get to uh, uh, their senior year, what's, what's really special about A-Leaf is that trend that we see in these uh, TAFI programs. Um, help me with the TAFI acronym. Uh, Texas Association of Future Educators. First, yeah, so it's a future teachers organization yeah, yeah. on campuses, right? And what we typically see is that, you know, you've got a lot of freshmen and sophomores who are excited, but we see that die off by mm-hmm. by the senior year. But A-Leaf actually builds momentum, and we see a sustainability of those numbers that we don't see in any other district um, in Harris County. And so it's very intriguing to think about, okay, so we've got – a group of folks hooked here. We've got an incredible leader of Taffy. Mm-hmm. How do we get those teachers to enroll in a high-quality program and then commit to coming back to A-Leaf? Right. And together, let's think of creative ways because Good Reason Houston works with the school districts and they work with the um, teacher prep programs, whether that be University of Houston, Sam Houston State, et cetera, programs like Relay, Teach for America. How do we make connections and connect the dots for what's going to be the best path for this future educator and to get them backed and impacting the community that they grew up in. And what's interesting about that conversation is it's a commitment to not just solving a short-term problem, but thinking about long-term, what is the path to get these um, these folks back? Um, but with the Relay program and something that I don't think we've touched base on is you all are working with folks that are already employees of right. Leaf ISD. And I, I would love for you guys to just um, expand on that a little bit because I think that is so smart. And I would love to see other school districts, too, follow your lead here and thinking about how are we pursuing homegrown talent and showing them you are a value and we want to keep you in, in Leaf ISD. And if you want to grow your profession as a teacher, we support you and we are going to put you in the best darn program that we can. So I would love to hear more about just kind of the thinking there yeah. and 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Happy to talk about that. That really lends itself to um, the point that Mr. Chambers made earlier about what is it about a teacher that causes them to not just join the profession, but want to stay with the two um, residents that we started this year with in A-Leaf. HR asked us to specifically say to them, what is it about A-Leaf that makes you want to be a teacher resident in A-Leaf? And both of those candidates were able to articulate that with passion with this just zeal and zest to want to work here in this district and are committed to staying here in this district. I think beyond that, what we found is that everybody is connected. So once we started the teacher residency, the principals, with their limited knowledge of the residency, were like, we want to know more about this. What is this? How is it going to impact my students? And what is the long-term goal? And so really pushed us to think about what this partnership could look like. All of our um, assessments are done on a rubric the principals here were like, we have seen your rubrics. We want to align them with the teacher scoring evaluation system that we use. Is that possible? And so we were able to work with them to bridge the way we score teachers and are saying that this teacher is prepared to move on and take on this next milestone with principals giving us their teacher evaluation system and us being able to pair it together. And now when that teacher gets feedback, the principal is able to say with confidence, you are able to be a lead teacher, not just in my school, but in my district. And they really see this as a district pipeline, like a pipeline of talent for their district. The 2 to 15 model, again, was very strategic. Like they are growing to full day pre-K and wanted to have a pipeline of talent to be able to do that and so are going to to take this year with those 15 teacher residents so that when this starts with all of their pre-K campuses, you already have at least 15 viable candidates that were trained right here in your district with the systems, with the policies, with everything that you believe a highly effective early childhood teacher needs to possess. And so I think that that is what unique and really has set them apart from other partners that um, mm-hmm. we have worked with and may have worked work with now and may have worked with in the past is that everybody has really worked together to make this partnership be beneficial for the district. How is this going to benefit our students in the long run? And I think that what you all have really found and understood, and this is coming from a former principal, a former principal of a turnaround campus, is that the teacher is the single most important factor day-to-day in student academic outcomes. When you think about school leadership, are principals important? Absolutely. I was a principal, I would dare not say. (laughs) But that is an indirect impact. The decisions that I made related to budgeting, to staffing, to what color are we going to paint the building, how many computers are we going to invest in, have an indirect impact. It is the teacher standing in front of those students day in and day out and with their professional development that is really changing the trajectory for these students, really pushing the needle, turning the dial for these students. They are the single most important factor. Research has proven that. We, I saw that firsthand as a turnaround principal and see it now when I go into classrooms to do observations. And I think A-Leaf really owns that, really knows that, and has really, <laughs> to put it bluntly, put their money where their mouth is in terms of figuring that out, owning it, and saying this is what we're going to do to set ourselves up to be prepared to serve this influx. Once you have full-day pre-K, there will be an influx of students that you had not thought about, had not tapped into prior to this. And now you have 
positions yourself to be prepared to not just serve those students, but serve them really, really well. And I think that that is what has set them apart. I'd like to go back to something both of you have said. And Courtney, you mentioned it earlier. You were describing the, the way in which Good Reason and Relay work together and the way you work with, you know, higher ed, other higher ed institutions. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a comment and I'd like for you guys to react to it. I, I believe un, until all the organizations, the colleges of education at our local universities, other IHEs like Relay, ACP programs, alternative certification programs, organizations like Good Reason Houston who are out there trying to help. I think until there is a a very seamless, easy to understand process to get involved, we're going to continue to struggle. So my comment is that I'd like for you to react to that and react to it in one, either you agree or you disagree. But regardless, what is what is being done outside of the K-12 world and maybe even outside of the traditional ed prep program from a university to, one, get the word out so people are aware, but two, to, to remove barriers that a lot of folks may think is in front of them for those who are potentially wanting to pursue teaching. So I, I don't know if that made sense to you or not. Yes. Oh. Yeah, no, that makes tons of sense. And, you know, there are barriers to entry in the teaching profession. Right. And a lot of it is just a lack of knowledge and understanding and finding matching, excuse me, having a understanding what programs would be a good match and are ultimately going to set um the future teacher up to be successful. And so I've kind of talked about how Good Reason Houston partners with specific school districts like A-Leaf mm-hmm. to support their strategy. But we are thinking about how are we boosting the the ecosystem and the profession in general, of course. You've got to hold both of those things yep. true. And I, I really do think uh, that goes back to our the launch of teachforhouston.org. I mean, that is the sole purpose there is to really make – tell the true story of teaching and attract new teachers to the profession, but also to take this complex process and simplify it and help teachers understand, okay, these are actually the components that you should be looking for and demanding of in any preparation program that you consider. These are programs in our community that are going to set you up to be successful. And we do that by partnering with school districts and having conversations about, hey, where do your strongest teachers come from? And we also think about that meaningful uh, clinical experience component as well. But absolutely, we need to be thinking about how are we not only uh, elevating the profession and making it attractive, but then once we have that funnel of folks who are interested and hooked We know so many people fall off in that process because they say, oh, the testing component is confusing or hard, or this application has multiple components. And so that's why teachforhouston.org, and that's (laughs) F-O-R, in case listeners want to go check it out. That's why it exists, to really simplify simplify the process and convert people from being interested to getting accepted into a high-quality program. Um, that's going to set them on a path to be a teacher. Yeah, I know, Maya, you know, in A-Leaf, we've gone from 2 to 15. Mm -hmm. And that's, if you just use those two numbers, that's a pretty significant increase. Mm -hmm. But I've got 3,200, 3,300 teachers in this district. So it's a drop in the proverbial bucket Mm -hmm. relevant to the the total staff numbers here. What is your reaction to the the complexity of getting involved and growing that number from 15 to hundreds? Yes. I think, again, um, what districts have to do is – 
really commit to what they believe helps teachers become highly Mm -hmm. effective. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that Courtney named was like barriers to just getting your foot in the door. What we have found is that once your foot is in the door, teachers are ill-prepared to deal with what they are faced Mm -hmm. with day to day. Mm -hmm. And so that is why the statistic that you read, Courtney, with 5,000 teachers needed each year, at least 50 percent, I would venture to say, of that 5,000 are people who have exited the profession. Mm -hmm. Most of those people being anywhere from first to third year teachers feeling ill prepared to do this work. And that is why Relay really exists so that you feel prepared to do the work so that you understand that this is not something to be taken lightly where you are just walking into the classroom thinking that this is easy, that you readily recognize and own the complexity of the work that you do every single day. And so I think that as districts, as um, IHEs, we are going to have to understand that and develop programs like residencies where teachers have this gradual on-ramp into the profession Mm -hmm. and are tasked with showing proficiency during these milestone moments that demonstrate um, your ability to be prepared to be a lead teacher. And that's what we found with the residency. Not every single residence and resident, and these are people moving from across the nation to participate in this program, makes it through the program. But that is why the program really exists, so that we are able to see and they are able to see that this is not the work for you. This is not the work that you are going to do five, 10 years from now, which is the, what we really want. When we think about the residency, it is a two-year model. We want people that are committed to this as their profession. Naturally, we want them to remain in the classroom, but even if they don't, five years from now, will you be a dean of instruction? Ten years from now, will you be the principal? Um, Twenty years from now, will you be working towards something in administration, serving a school district? Those are the people that we want, and what we found is difficult to get those people when you feel ill-prepared and you leave in year one. And so what we really try to do through, again, our learn, practice, perform model is make sure they feel prepared. A critical component is deliberate practice where teachers are coming every single Friday from 8 to 11, standing and delivering, practicing and getting feedback. There is no other program in an IHE for teacher preparation where teachers are held accountable for deliberate practice, getting feedback and not being able to move forward in the program unless you show proficiency there. And I think that until people believe that that is critical in order to do this work and do it well, we won't make the huge gains and strides that we need. Like people have to own and accept that not everybody can do this work. And so when we have teacher recruitment fairs, Hundreds of teachers are showing up, but do you really have the skill that it takes? Many of the people have the will, but lack the skill. And what we are really working on is building your skill capacity Mm -hmm. to do this work. And Mm -hmm. so more than just your ability to forge relationships, we do fundamentally believe that is a critical component. But if you have a relationship with a student that doesn't allow you to redirect that student then that is problematic. And so, again, we want teachers to understand what it means to be warm and demanding, what it means to have balance there, to have high expectations for every single student that you teach. What are the mindsets that you bring to this work and why are those important every day? And so that is what we want all of our IHE partners to think about, all of the um, alternative certification programs to think about, that this is not work that you can just take lightly. This is not something where we can just do online programming for all 
all of the components of our work. At some point, somebody must see you practice this work and give you feedback on it so that you are better prepared to go out and do it. Again, we keep going back to the medical field. That's what happens Mm -hmm. if you've gone to the doctor and you've had a resident and there's a physician standing right Right. by him or her. They're practicing on real people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank God there's a physician there to make sure that they don't make a mistake on on a a real person. So Mm -hmm. we, we do our own surveying, if you will, for, for folks who are leaving, who leave teaching, not just leaving A-Leaf, but they just, they're getting out. And as you mentioned, Maya, there's typically they leave between their first and third, mm-hmm. fourth, fifth year. Heck, a third of the teachers in the state of Texas right now are in their first five years yes. of teaching. <laughs> and we, we mirror that. A-Leaf mirrors it yeah. almost to a identical. When, when, you, when you're recruiting or talking to potential teachers, what are they telling you? What are they most, other than maybe not being prepared, what what are the other things they tell you that, that they want that they want or that they didn't get that they, well either that or they didn't get or that bothers them that mm-hmm. you know that uh, this is why I don't think I want to do this. Mm-hmm. One of the primary things that we found is they don't feel that they will be supported. They um, believe that administration at the campus level feels like they should already know these skills, particularly when they are basing it just on academic outcomes. And so what we found is that for um, many of our residents that move from across the nation will come, we'll just say with the 3.6 GPA. And when we ask like, why this? Like we are fundamentally like trying to unearth why have you chosen to do this? And that's what they say. I want to teach. Like I, um, have the passion and desire to do it, but I know that I'm not prepared to do it well. And I do not believe that right now someone will look at my experience, will look at my undergraduate GPA and believe that I need support. Like they think that administrators will believe just based on your academic ability, you should know this, you should be able to figure it out. And what we found is that that is just not true because, again, we've done this work. And so we know that those two things aren't always fully aligned. Does it bode you well to have a higher GPA and um, that may be indicative of your study skills and ability to organize your time in such a way that you're able to balance graduate school with this idea of teaching? Yes. But we've also found that um, that there are people with GPAs that aren't as high who perform really well. They feel they wouldn't necessarily have the right amount of support just based on what people will see them as on paper. They also believe that, to Courtney's point, the image of the profession is something that they are afraid of. Like they want to be in a career where people see it as a profession. <laughs> this is not something to be taken lightly, not something that, that everybody can for, do. That they settled for. Exactly. Yeah. And they want to know what are we going to do to elevate the face of the profession, particularly with Relay. Like how do we change the narrative that people have about teachers, about what they think? Um, there are isolated incidents that we see on the news that are happening you know, one out of every Mm 25,000 teachers that are so magnified that it changes the way people view the other 25,000 teachers that may be a part of that particular district. And so really working with them to understand that all of us make that up, something that all of our residents know, all of my team members know, 
when I think about Chick-fil-A and that universal experience, I don't care where the Chick-fil-A is, that <laughs> customer service experience mm-hmm. is universal. And that's what we want to move towards with education, that students need to know, their parents need to know that if you are a third grader, you are going to be able to read on this level when you leave third grade. You're going to know this amount of math standards when you leave third grade. And we have not gotten to the point where this is a universal high level experience. And that's really what this is, is customer service day in and day out to our students as our customers. And they are being shortchanged in that way. And so we are trying to change that and help the candidates that come in front of us understand that it's up to each one of us. Can one person make a difference? Absolutely. And ultimately, they will have a relay of highly effective teachers. When we think about this pre-K experience, when parents pick up their students and say, oh, well, in this class, this is what happened. We want the next parent to say, that happened in my child's class as well. Good. And and Courtney, the good reason Houston and y'all are, this is relatively new for, for you guys as y'all mm-hmm. delve into it. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing? Are you hearing the same types of conversations at Maya's? Absolutely, yeah. I think you hit on some critical points there. And so the, the first one that I'll touch on is principal or school leader support. So the number one reason yeah. why people leave jobs in the United States is because they don't like their boss or because boss, of their yeah. boss, right? right? Same thing is true in education, <laughs> yeah. right? It's, yeah. The trend holds here. And so, you know, we are, our our human capital strategy is certainly focused on teachers and working to uh, overcome this teacher crisis that Houston and the nation is facing. But we can't do that without looking at principal preparation and principal development. So how are we supporting and developing in principles to really care for the whole adults um, to truly understand what instructional leadership and instructional coaching looks like. Uh, we're seeing a shift in the state of Texas with the new um, principal standards right. to really focus on right. this idea of instructional leadership. And some of that is coming from teachers saying, I need a boss who can help me be better at my job as mm-hmm. a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. And we're very interested in supporting that work and thinking about, okay, who is doing great work in that realm already and how are we expanding that? Because our teachers deserve the best bosses and we need to do whatever it takes to keep them in the profession. The second thing you mentioned was perception. Uh, and we've we've hit this a few times on this podcast, but I can't say it enough. Mm-hmm. All of us in the field and outside of the industry need to be doing what we can to change the image of the profession. Um, An interesting stat that I came across earlier this year is that 54% of American parents do not want their children to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's so funny about teaching is that all of us have been exposed to teaching more than any other profession, right? We've sat in it for eight hours a day for 12 years of our lives, and all of us think we know exactly what it takes to to become a teacher. What's that phrase? Those who can do, those who can't teach. We got to stop saying junk like that. That's right. Um, And it's, uh, Maya, you mentioned the media, and it's Mm -hmm. the stories that we're telling. Um, It's also books and Mm -hmm. movies, literature, et cetera, commercials and whatnot. I I also think something I'm thinking about as as a community of Houston here locally, what can we do to show teachers that we 
truly value and recognize them. And that's got to be beyond the the five-day teacher appreciation week that's coming up here. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited to get that free Chick-fil-A. Well, I don't get it anymore. The free Chick-fil-A is yes. great. Um, and the, 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 you know, one-time discount is good. Mm-hmm. But as a community, how do we uh, show our support for teachers? Uh, we are excited to this, um, this fall we're going to be launching um, some of that work around what does community-wide recognition and appreciation look like. And, that, and those ideas and how that campaign eventually plays out will be um, – will come from the community, will come from families and organizations. But that's something that is not just a one-time conversation, not just something that we revisit once a year, mm-hmm. but that we need to get smart people in the room talking about in Houston and in the nation – how are we going to work together to, to change that perception? Right. And just to be really um, thoughtful about it, like I think you even thinking about it and trying to conceptualize what is really happening. I remember as a principal, we would have career day. So we had career day and a little girl is like, but I want to follow you. And I was like, no, sweetie, like you have to go and talk to these people. She was like, but I want to be a principal. Mm-hmm. And we had not thought about there was not one person that was a teacher. We had invited mm-hmm. engineers, doctors, lawyers. Right. We tried to find a um, Houston Texan that would come for students who wanted to be professional athletes. <laughs> but nobody had stopped to just say there are students mm-hmm. who want to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And we are all teachers putting this career right. day together. And I think just being thoughtful and intentional about it and elevating ourselves and what we do every day is what will help to change. The and, I, and it is. And, and you mentioned our Taffy program or our future educator program here. It's exposing those those high school students to what teaching is. I mean, they're they're being taught, and then they turn around and they go teach. And we have a bunch of high school students doing their, I don't know if internship is the right term, but they're working with teachers at the elementary schools and exposing them to the profession. You know, I'll tell you right now that A-Leaf does some good things, and we got some things we can all improve upon. The one thing we, we cannot afford to swing and miss on is teacher recruitment and retention. And we as a district have a pretty low turnover rate relative to the state of Texas. Uh, the question begs, of the ones who leave, are they the quality effective teachers or and and that's a hard conversation to have you know there's a lot of publicity and talk going around about programs where you take your quote unquote your most effective teachers and put them in your lowest performing Mm -hmm. schools and there's on the surface that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. and in some cases even the data may support it for a short period of time we have to think bigger than that i don't want our state i don't want our district i don't want this profession to kind of put a flag in the ground and declare victory if we put a handful of what we call good teachers and test scores go up at a school. I don't think that helps us at all. <laughs> I don't know that it helps students at all uh, other than passing a test and moving on. But what you guys are doing, both with Relay and with Good Reason Houston, and knowing that there's some people out there helping us try to figure this out, it's extremely uh, – it makes the work easier on our part. Not that it's easy, but you've mentioned our Human Resources Department a few times, mm-hmm. Dr. Avalos Powell and uh, Mr. Daryl Alexander mm-hmm. and – and uh, others that work in the, our department, they wake up every day as a professional trying to answer this question, mm-hmm. along with the other mm-hmm. thousand things they got to mm-hmm. deal with every day. Mm-hmm. How do we hold on to the good ones we got and keep growing them? And how do we get good ones into the profession? Mm-hmm. And, and until our profession figures that out, we'll continue to be in a crisis mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's nice knowing we got folks like you guys helping us. <laughs> anything before we, any parting, any, it's kind of like an interview, anything you want to tell me before you leave? <laughs> no, just I, I echo what you said. It's a good reason Houston is a newer organization, and it gives me so much encouragement to know that we've got brilliant, strategic-minded, creative mm-hmm. people 
working hand in hand to solve this problem. Uh, you you both relay Graduate School of Education, ALEAF ISD, and other partners who we've met and many who Good Reason Houston have, has not met are as you said, waking up every day thinking about this. And so I'm encouraged about what's to come. And I think the the tighter the strategy and the work that we're doing hand in hand, the better the outcomes are going to be for our students and our community in general. I and I agree. just appreciate this opportunity to sit and talk about this. We are featured on teachforhouston.org. So look for Relay as one of the <laughs> programs um, that you can join. And again, we're super excited about our partnership with ALEAF and the work we will do for early childhood students. Thank you. And it's it's my goal to to keep this conversation alive and going. And next time we talk, maybe we're talking about 100 residents. I hope so. Versus yes. 15 and, and start going to, to critical mass so that you're yeah. that we have not just in pre-K, but across the across the spectrum. So anyway, thank you, ladies, uh, a lot for, for participating in this. Thank, thank you. you so much for having us. You it bet. This has been Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers with ALEAF ISD and hope you're having a great day. Thank you. This has been an AMP production.